Is this year's World Junior Hockey Championships in Alberta the only junior hockey fans here in Ontario are going to get to enjoy this season? With the OHL announcing that the start of its season has now been suspended indefinitely, this might be it. And I know this, the tournament in Alberta, the World Juniors that we look forward to every Christmas, is not without concern and controversy. We are, of course, Witnessing this tournament amidst the second wave and a strong second wave of COVID-19. But it's the holidays. Let's put all of that behind us. The tournament is going on. We can criticize it if we want to, but it's happening. So while we are all doing our part to get through this pandemic, we're staying at home, we're hunkering down, we're not going out. Let's accept the gift that is junior hockey at its highest level it'll be interesting considering how little ice time these players have had prior to the tournament but it is a diversion for us and certainly in my household it's a welcome diversion i think we could all use a little bit of puck so we'll watch the tourney with interest again this year i am sure we will cheer on team canada looking for another gold medal and you get the chance courtesy of this flashback from the Farwell and Pope podcast to hear from the head coach of Team Canada, Andre Turney. We caught up with him in Kitchener prior to a Rangers 67s game last season. Oh yeah, remember that? When we would go to our local junior hockey rink and actually watch games? And if you talk about Ottawa, is that the team? It's got to be up there with the teams you look at from the season that got suspended in March of 2020. And say, oh boy, what if? After everything the team had done, it seemed to be ready to make that run to a Memorial Cup championship. And things got pulled out from under them due to the pandemic. So maybe this is a team that's got the biggest what if question mark as it looks back on the season that could have been last year. Nonetheless, Andre Turney before the 67s and Kitchener Rangers in the fall of 2019 this is a little bit of insight into the man who will be behind the bench for team canada at the world juniors this year go canada how did he get the nickname bear what color does he refuse to wear and has he ever been the victim of a very well-known practical joker who is now coaching in the national hockey league we find out all of that with Andre Tourigny, head coach of the Ottawa 67s. Before we talk about this Ottawa team, chance for you to coach Team Canada. What does it mean for a coach to get this nod? Well, it's a great honor. Represent your country, especially in your national sports. It's, it's really special, and we know all, how passionate we are in Canada and coaching your uh, your country and the world junior is a big event and will be my my fourth one so i have been there before and every time it's really exciting this time you're going to be there with dale hunter a player that you 
watched and, and really admired growing up. Of all the players on the Quebec Nordiques, Andre, what made Dale Hunter stand out to you? Well, his passion. The, the way he was playing, he was playing with the edge all the time, he was playing with passion, he was willing to do whatever it takes to win, and he was going the extra miles all the time, he had no nights off for him. He was a good example of a relentless and resilient and dedication for the team. You had to coach against him on Friday night. Didn't come out so well for your team, but what's it like being on the opposite side from a guy like that? Well, you know, we, we just started to know each other. We, we've been together this summer. thing after the World Junior, where we will have a lot of uh, time together and we'll know each other even better, the, in the future it will be really special, I'm sure. But uh, uh, London is a great organization, great team. We have a lot of respect for them. It's always a challenge to, to play against those guys in Excel. When I was in the way, we, we lost in, in overtime in a Memorial Cup against them. So there's a bit of rivalry there. Jason Forche was one of your assistants yeah. then. He came here to Kitchener, and I remember him talking about that. He says he still doesn't like the color green after that loss. Did it take a while to get over? Well, especially for us in the in the way we had the uh, Valdors, our big big rivalry, and they're, they're green as well. So uh, I, I I don't even keep green green pens, <laughs> pencil or whatever. So I I hate green as well. <laughs> How did it come up with the nickname Bear for you? Well, it's a long story. It's uh, it's with Bill Peters at the U. In, two, in uh, 08 and Steve Spot, uh, we we had a lot of fun together and it bear bear appeared there and it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story that we can't get exactly, into. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Andre, this Ottawa team is starting the season and, and this weekend you come in as the top ranked team in Canada after going to the OHL final last year. What is the what do those expectations mean in terms of pressure? Uh, to, to be honest, I think when you rank number one and somewhere in November, December, that means a lot. I think means about what you what you did. Those are more prediction than than reality. If you look at our our team, uh, we have three 16 years old up front, three 17 years old up front. Uh, we, we're extremely young, so it's not really real. We have four 17 years old up front. Sorry, so it's. We're, we're extremely young up front. We have really good D, really good goaltending. We're, we like our team, but whatever the standing is, we cannot rely on that. We have to take care of our own business, keep helping our young guys to grow, and we have young guys in key position up front, so we, we still need to, to, to work at developing those guys. But like I said, we have three 18-year-old players. Two of them are late birthday. They're, it's their draft year, so... If you look the age of our forwards, we're probably the youngest team in the league up front. So whatever is the expectation, the, the reality in our room is we have to keep growing every day and working on our thing and trying to uh, to do the best we can on a, a daily basis. That standing will, will, will be really different year after year. If you look what it is before the puck drop and what it is at the end of the season, it's drastically uh, different. You look back on that team you had last year, Andre. You had a guy like Ty Felber that scores 59 goals. You graduate a Di Pietro, a Chiodo, a Maximovic, and now, as you said, some younger players up front. How does that change how you have to coach the team? Yeah, it, it does. Uh, you don't have the same uh, physical strength. You cannot hold on puck in the same way. You don't have the same speed. You lose Chimilevsky and Cody Clark, or they were to the end for labor, probably. For sure, we're three fastest players, but probably three of the top ten in the league. So that changed the dynamic of your team. Uh, we're, we're, we're fortunate to have our decor back, and uh, our goaltending is really strong. So we're, we're good in that, that sense. And we, we still have really impactful player up front. So we have a good 
good group of veterans there, but they're surrounded right now by extremely young group. So we need to help those guys to get level, and we need to be patient. And we hope with the, the great leadership we have, with the great experience we have in our room, that will speed up the process, and we will we will be able to compete at the high level. Do you feel like there's a sense of unfinished business for this team this year? But yeah. Yes and no. In a sense of last year, in your prediction, where where did you put the Ottawa 67s? I had them Eastern Finals. Oh, here we go. Eastern Final. You know what I mean? It's, it, at the start of the season, nobody thought we will be that. We, we will be first overall. We that team. Uh, I, I I think nobody in that room had won a playoff round before. Uh, they never played for 500 before. So. Uh, it was it was a big big step. So if we look at that season, yes, we have a f- we feel like we, we we came up short, and it's always tough when you're two wins away. But at the same time, I think it was a hell of a run. It was a, above expectation for everybody. It's season and playoff, it, it was really good in playoff. We won 14 games in a row. You know, it's it's something we're sour in the sense we say oh, two more. But at the same time, it's not every team can can win 14 in a row in the playoff. We have to be proud of what we did. You know, we, yes, we have that feeling of a little bit sour, unfinished business. But at the same time, we have a feeling of pride of what we did. When you started as a head coach, Andre, uh, you did not speak any English, complete francophone. Yeah. And then you learned, and I think it was some of your players initially that yeah. began helping you learn the yeah, language. Exactly. That must be hard as a coach to go to a couple of kids and say, teach me English. Yeah, it was really tough. The, the street shooter is my assistant coach was uh, Danny Dupont, the, the Moose Dupont. And uh, Danny had an opportunity to go and uh, had a, a job two game in the season. And Danny was obviously an English-speaking guy. And we had two assistant captains who were... English speaking. Justin Munden was speaking a little bit of French. So when Danny left, I met the leadership group and I said, okay, what do I, what, how do we deal with that? How we, how do you want that? Do you want me to coach in English? And Justin Munden said, we will love you to do it. But I, said, I told him, I said, you know, I cannot even do a sentence in English. I can put words here and there. Monday said, we will help you. And he had another English guy, Tyler White, who was could understand a little bit French, so he said, we will help you. So I was going, doing my meeting all in English, and those guys were almost translating in the sense, they were understanding what I, what I met, and they were explaining it, and I, I hired uh, months, a month, month later uh, a guy from Boston, Eric Soltis, to be my full-time assistant coach. So as well, that was a challenge, because I was, okay, I have to communicate with this guy, but I cannot even talk to him. I'm proud of that because I think at some point you, you need to, to show character and do what you have to do to make it happen. And at, at this point, the thing we're going well in Rouen, but we needed to attract English-speaking player. I needed to learn English to, to grow my craft. And we, we did what we had to do. Mario Duhamel was with me, helped me a lot. Mario could, could speak English. So he helped me, and we battled through. And that year we, we went way above expectation and uh, we, uh, we had a funny one we uh, I, we had coach of the year as a staff at the end of the season and I said I said the reason why is they could not understand what I was saying so that's why we were, we're that successful but that was uh, that was a great great step you're coming off another coach of the year award how does that feel for you what does it mean that recognition but it, you know uh, it means a lot because you know you have your all your peers or uh, Kind of a get you. You get the the, the not the 
kind of the credit from your peers and means a lot because in the queue you know everybody uh, I, I knew every scout everybody I've been there for so long it's it's one thing but changing league going in the OHL what's, everything was brand new working with new people James Boyce and Jan Eger are fantastic and it was a, a brand new a, a total different challenge and uh, having that recognition is uh, it's pretty special after all the time in the Q League and a couple of stops in the NHL, what made the Ottawa job attractive to you? Well, we're, I don't want to. I will be real honest. My family, when I coached the Senators, we bought a we bought a house, and my my boys were at the high school, and they had the, they had two more years to do in in the high school. So we said we will stay in Ottawa no matter what. If if I get a job elsewhere. You will graduate high school from Ottawa. We did, they changed school uh, already from Rwanda to Colorado, and then they had to go Colorado, Ottawa. So we said, no more change. You, Ottawa will be home until you finish your high school, and they have a, a little bit younger daughter. So we said to the boys, I have twins. They say, I to, we told them we will finish there. So when I went in Halifax, I went by myself, and I thought... A lot of people do it. I can do it. I realized it was extremely tough to be away from my family. So uh, when when Ottawa called me to offer me the job, it was a no-brainer for me in a sense. Go back with my with my family and the, all the prestige going with the 67s, the history of the franchise. Uh, it and it was home for me. So uh, it was uh, was a unique opportunity and really special one. You talk about family, and sometimes we don't think of it. We're standing here talking as a head coach of a hockey club in the OHL. It's difficult on family life. Boy, it's really difficult. I, it's really difficult because you uh, you don't own your your time. You don't own your schedule. You. Uh, you, you need to be there when your team need need to, and uh, you, you're traveling and everything. So yes, it's a challenge. But uh, when you go to the next level, when you go in NHL, it's even more challenging. It's uh, it's extremely tough. You play every second day, and you're on the road every week, every week, one or twice during the week. You, you cannot have a example in junior when I was in example in Rouen, my my boys were playing at, at peewee hockey. I was coaching them because they were practicing Monday, and Wednesday. So I was on Monday, Wednesday. I could, I, I was there every practice. I was obviously I was not de- there for all their game, but I could attempt a, a part of their game. Which in each other you cannot do that because you don't know where you will be Monday and Wednesday. One week you might be there, the next week you're not. You might be there for two weeks in a row, off for three weeks in a row. So you cannot even have that quality time. So I realized that when I, I went in Colorado, I said, okay, that's, uh, that's another. Dynamic. You, you cannot really have a set activity with your family. Let's say every Tuesday, we, our, my, my daughter was swimming. But sometimes I was there, sometimes I wasn't there. So that's that's even tougher than the next level. So that that helped to appreciate what we have in junior. Real quick, I want to come back to Steve Spot. You mentioned working with him at the Halinkas. We know him well here yeah. in Kitchener. He was a practical joker, Andre. I don't think oh, that ever yeah. changes. Oh, no. Did you get caught by him? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Who didn't? With with Spotter, he's a he's a really good guy. Uh, Stay in contact with him. He's a good man. I've been in, actually. I did three uh, Team Canada event with Spotter, so I know him pretty well, and it's, it's always fun to be around. I just noticed as we were talking, your radio guy, Kenny Walls, was behind us. His suits are terrible. I will say that. If I chip in now, can we buy him a new suit? Oh, he, he loves the other about 50 of those. So that is, is, he is different. I will say that. <laughs> Andre, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. That's a really interesting note to end on because as we continue with these OHL stories with Farwell and Pope, Steve Spot. The guy we just talked about there with Andre Turigny, 
is coming up as a guest. So this is a little bit of a Christmas bonus. We're watching the World Juniors anyway. Why not hear from the head coach of Team Canada himself? Even though the interview came from the fall of 2019, gives you some insight into the man. But he talks about Steve Spot, the notorious practical joker. Oh, those practical jokes continue. Did you hear the one that Steve Spot pulled on Bob Bugner when Bugner became the coach of the Florida Panthers? You'll get that story and more in an early 2021 episode of OHL Stories with Farwell and Pope. There's a little teaser for you, a little nugget after your Christmas presents have been opened. Enjoy the juniors and new episodes of OHL Stories with Farwell and Pope, including that one with Steve Spot, and so many more will hit beginning the week of January the 4th. So look for a new episode of OHL Stories on January the 8th. Enjoy the holidays. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.